0: Hey everybody, I'm your host, and now I'm here today with Luis Velez, also known as Lou Beauty. Hello. Thank you for joining our listening party. Lou, we are here to talk about your latest release. Now we have uh we've previously done an episode where we heard two of the songs that are on that. You've had a long time in between that for the release of this. So tell us a little bit about your about your new EP.
1: Yeah, so uh it's called Agoraphobia. Um it's named after a d di- anxiety disorder. Um and I myself am a very anxious person, so this uh e p kind of captures a lot of uh the emotions and coping ways of coping that um I've kinda dealt with and uh within like the past two years, which a lot has happened you know graduating uh university uh going in and out of like three jobs um the big thing of last year <laughs> um ongoing thing of last year um but yeah, it's 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 a it's a five songs uh collection of just um what kind of what I've been up to. And they're all varied styles. I I'm, I'm very happy with how it came out, yeah.
0: So we're going to listen to two of those today. Yes. Being Los Angeles is sinking to the ground. Yes. And then Bank Account. Correct. Uh tell us a little bit about your creative process and like putting those songs together. Yeah. So um it's definitely
1: changed um for uh, within like the past couple years of like writing a song. Um, I used to think I started off like writing a song with like, um like, a, like I, I create a drum beat first and then I kind of write around to that because like, oh, this is my rhythm. This is my backbeat. But I found it's like, oh, I like to play guitar. That's the first instrument I learned. And when I play guitar and find out notes on a guitar, I more or less like create a uh, a rhythm in there with like the strumming pattern, you know, so I can kind of build it around that. Yeah. um. So that was kind of my method, but I found what also helps me, um, write is kind of find a theme and meditate on that theme. So that way, like all elements are kind of tied together by that. Um, so for the first one that we're going to listen to Los Angeles, that was, uh, the central theme of that was just kind of this, like, um, the idea of like the final days of a relationship, um, and trying your best to like, kind of keep it going uh, despite both parties kind of n- um, knowing that, like, yeah, this is the end of it. There's not much that we can do. Um, sit back, enjoy the view. Um, I was inspired after I saw uh, an article about how Los Angeles is, like, sinking, and I guess the rest of California because of, like, you know, the – um te- Yeah, the tectonic plates where we're built on a uh, big old plate on the earth that is not a good place to build a city, but it's there. <laughs> yeah so that's what the that's what the first song's about um I wanted something very like uh, like i uh for the chords i i wanted something very jazzy um very like uh, very smooth so that's where the where the production went into it um but like like I said you know everything kind of ties back into that central theme like let me have this in mind and write around that so that every element feels uh coherent
0: okay yeah and what was your favorite part of that process?
1: Uh, definitely. I think the, I had a lot of fun with the lyrics on this one, actually, because I you, lyrics aren't my strong suit, but for this one, like finding out the melodies, finding out what I want to say was very fun, especially for songs like these, which are very, um, hypotheticals, you know, like hypotheticals based out of, you know, anxieties, um, that just kind of sit in the back of my mind. And th- these are, it's therapeutic for me to be able to like get these things out and just be like here let me let me write about these things that may, they're not they don't happen in the real world to me at least but it's it feels good to like just get them out and it was good it felt good to like write around these sort of things and come up with like the melodies you know this is uh, i we played this song a few times live before and it's a really fun song for me just because i get to hit those like highs and everything and the chorus is fun chorus is always fun
0: yeah it's a good sing along yeah
2: the night at your God, you're on my mind Most of the time
3: Los Angeles is sinking to the ground the view. Los Angeles is sinking to the ground, and there's nothing we can do. Sit back, enjoy the view. Los Angeles is sinking to the ground, and there's nothing we
0: So before we listened, we talked a lot about the writing process and everything about that. Let's go through a little bit of the production and everything with this one.
1: Yeah. So um, I, when I produce this uh, by myself at first, I um, I was my go-to is the Lindrum samples. You know the samples that the Prince classic. Yeah, yeah. So I laid those down, and I'm like, let me try my my method for drums and track and like tracking these samples is like I'm not a drummer. I don't have a drum set. I just have a bunch of samples. And the worst samples are the ones that are sampled from real drums because I can't make them uh, put them in an order that sounds like a real drum. So what I do is grab like the most like cheesy samples I can get and lean into how bad they are (laughs) and just kind of make them like sit in a certain way that it's like, yeah, these are fake samples. Um, A big influence of mine is Jerry Paper. Uh, They're a songwriter-producer. Um and all their early stuff was like based on all these like drum samples and like Casio keyboard uh, <laughs> presets. It's super good stuff. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of dream pop production. Uh, I'm always super influenced by Cocktail Twins. Uh, even Shoegaze, like My Bloody Valentine and uh, Slow Dive. Um, but what was most interesting is when I brought the track to you, um, because I brought it and it's like, here's the completed track. And you're like, no, it needs one more thing. And then you just did your thing.
0: What did we do? What did we add? Yeah. I not remember. Yeah.
1: So, um, <laughs> yeah. So it, initially it ended on that instrumental bridge part. There was, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. We changed the arrangement just a little bit.
1: Yeah. So there was no final chorus. There was no guitar solo. Um, it was a very straightforward song, um, a little bit more, uh, bedroom poppy, but, um, I think our, uh, what you did with production, um, definitely elevated it into that, like eighties realm, that like eighties ballad realm for sure.
0: Yeah. We, especially trying to, uh, capitalize off of like the nostalgia for that music that's going on right now. And I think it really hits that, that point, like the groove and everything really felt that way.
1: Yeah. That's, um, you know, like listening to like new wave, uh, like that's kind of how I got my start with songwriting. So all that is, I I, I try not to be so synth oriented now that I finally learned how to record guitars and edit guitars uh, in my music anymore. But it always goes back to that just because, you know, I I love that era of music so much. And um, my parents grew up listening to that. And so I grew up listening to a lot of that. Um, But yeah, we took the bridge. Uh, You added a guitar solo over it, which solid, always so solid. Love that part. I every time I show it to people, they're like, Oh.
0: Yeah, it's tasty. It's not too much. It's one of those things where it's like you, you need to you need to pull off pull off something like entertaining in what is it, 30, no, 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Very short thing, but you need to not overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we recorded it and the the lick was like, okay, we really like that lick. And then in the uh the mixing process, or I guess still production process technically, then we added the fuzz and univibe on it. And that's when it was like, oh, this is it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, my fa- I've always
1: found that like my favorite guitarists aren't the ones who can like do like thirty notes a second and like they can like shred. I- I'm not. A- I-, I mean, I like the shredders, but I'm not particularly like drawn to the shredders. I like like the melodic guitarists, like uh, like Santana. Like he's my who he would
0: be my favorite. Like phrasing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly.
0: Fr- fr- notes are being able to play a lot of notes is wonderful, but being able to phrase those notes is even better.
1: Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, cut that up when we put one last chorus on it. And when I initially wrote it, I had instead of like having the Los Angeles uh, part uh, set twice for a chorus, I initially had it four times just because I was like, I like this chorus, but I'm like, let me cut back on it. So that because my initial was like, yeah, I, I think it can go somewhere else, but I just don't know where. But um, I'm glad I did that because that I think that makes the uh, final chorus hit so much harder because it just plays out for the rest of the song.
0: Yeah, and it really does. And it gives it the, uh, you know, that, that it really completes that sing-songy vibe that we were talking about with the chorus itself when you get it just repeating at the end. And uh, we can say here, because we've done it several times now, in the live version, there is a fifth time that that, that runs through where the whole band cuts out and we just do it acoustically, mm. or not acoustically, um, acapella. Yeah. And that that makes for a really good live ending too, since we can't really do the fade out. Yeah,
1: we can always just like start getting like really quieter and just like
0: (laughs) yeah, and you back away from the mic as you're singing. I've done it live. I've definitely done
1: it. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, I like I like that. I've never was a fan of like well, if it works out live well, it works out well. Um, But I like the uh, hard stop of that. It just feels like it's like building and then there's the build and I I just I like leaving. I like ending on a hang. Like there's no resolution to that, it's just hanging, i like I like songs that end like that,
0: yeah, you leave them wanting more, yeah, yeah that's that's a key thing in production and like songwriting it's always leave them wanting more, yeah, can't we you can't always be free burden it you know, and giving them nine minutes, yeah
1: exactly, <laughs> yeah, that was the struggle uh, I, I had when I was first songwriting that, like I noticed like all my songs, like uh we've played a k um, I had a few other songs that were this all, they were all like six, eight minutes because it was just like. I was just writing and writing laying stuff down. Um and I mean, you know, it it's how I got my start, but as time like most of the, the songs on these this EP, none of them are over 5 minutes. They're all like 3 to 4 minutes.
0: You know what I noticed a lot in your your older songwriting versus your newer songwriting, especially with your uh your soundscapes and everything is that your older stuff used to have much longer builds on intros. Mm. You're, you we had like like very sectioned and building intros that would would build up and build up and build up, and now you're like simple intro and let's get to the song. Yeah, I like a, I like a good build up,
1: but um, I've learned to kind of pace myself with that because it's like. I, I used to think of it very cinematically, but now it's just like, let's just add a couple elements in there and leave the buildup for the chorus. Yeah,
0: the song doesn't always call for the building intro. Now you have a little bit better understanding of where to put that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I used to have like pre-choruses. Now I just kind of build in the pre-chorus into the uh, verses. Yeah. Like I I just switch up the melody and it's like, here it is.
0: Yeah, and, and I know we're not going to get to it on this episode, but uh, I think another uh, good example of like where you blended that style and still did have a really good sectioned off intro is Not You. That has a, a very big build where we get to the big synths and then all of a sudden they drop out and we got nothing. Yeah. So it's, it's very nice. Yeah, thank you. But we're not doing that one on this one. But instead, we're going to talk go into the next song, which is Bank Account. And this one is one that I'm really excited to talk about because when you first played me the song, it came completely out of left field. It was unlike any other Lou Beauty song that I had heard. So tell us a little bit about the writing process and everything with Bank Account.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this one, um, I guess most of my songs do come from a dark place, but I guess this one was the one where aesthetically it matched it the most. Um, so... I wrote this, so a lot of these songs came from last year, um, and you know, I, I I don't, I never want to be the type of person who writes about like current events or anything. Um, I feel like that's best done for like, like hip hop and funk, and I guess people who are I guess a little more eloquent about it. Um, uh, but I last year was really the year where I challenged myself as like, let's not write a bunch of love songs. Let's not write a bunch of like, which I mean, it's not a bad thing. Too, right, you know, I mean, like look at the Beatles whole catalog. They're all love songs. But mostly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with bank with bank account and another song I did earlier, whatever, forever, um, those both really came from like this uh big like just tiredness of like working retail. So this was another job that I was uh inspired by um my tenure at working at Target on Rosedale. Ah yeah. The target days, yes. The red shirt days, yeah, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, this song, uh, so this was I. This was written towards the end of me working there. Um, I was working two a.m. shifts because uh, during during the day, if I were, if I they they had me work two a.m. shifts because during the day I would like straight up get panic attacks on the floor because I was just like, it, it wasn't necessarily like COVID based panic attacks because like oh there's a lot of people here just like no I've always been uh, scared of a lot of people coming to me and talking to me about things and it's like ah
0: no thank you yeah retail's not the the best place for you to be
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i and i did jobs like that all throughout college it was not it was not a good experience um but this song relates to you know getting up in the morning and just this cyclical nature of just like um i keep working this job and i'm not making enough to support myself uh, from these jobs and it's just like where where does this end i where can i where can this uh where is this going? um so it was it was far more cynical than um i mean whatever forever is still very cynical um but this one with this one I think like it felt it it was definitely heavier especially in the- deli- delivery of how I wrote it um and you know i i, I didn't want to end it on a bad note, so the chorus definitely it, it lifts up into some parts, but it's still very like world re- weary in its in its uh writing, which is what I wanted to convey.
2: I'm losing my cool. Steering wheel in my fists in the parking lot. I think I'm losing my. Check my bank account Cause I know just what I'll get Don't call me an underachiever Cause I'm doing my goddamn best I don't check my bank account Nobody needs that kind of stress Don't worry about tomorrow Know it's gonna turn out okay Nothing lasts forever So let's skip the bill and go I'm losing my hair Stressing out in my sleep Until 2am I think I'm losing myself soul, soul. It's quick to talk Slow to think Just like my old man And I'm too young To be looking Cause I'm doing my goddamn best I don't check my bank account Nobody needs that kind of stress Don't worry about tomorrow I know it's gonna turn out okay Nothing lasts forever So let's skip the pill and go I don't check my bank account nobody needs that kind of stress don't worry about tomorrow i know it's gonna turn out okay nothing lasts forever so let's skip the bill and go
0: Okay, so we have we have we have a little bit to talk about with this one because this one went through a very fun process in which uh, went through what th- two or three different versions. Yeah, yeah, and quite quite a few hands in the in the pot helping with this one. So let's you you pick where you want to start with that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll start at the very beginning. So <clears throat> it was a far more I guess traditional song uh, when I started when I, when I initially wrote it and recorded it. It was a it was a little faster and it was at a, it was at a lower key. Um, so when I initially recorded, I knew I wanted to redo the guitars because I wasn't really happy with how they were sitting. And I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just record it over here because, you know, you got a better setup, um, you know, you're far more knowledgeable than I am and over how to, how to do these things. So that, that's where I was with this. Um, so I wrote it, it was sitting for a long time. I'm like, okay, yeah, this will be on the EP cause this is a complete song. I like this song. Um, but then I I had a nice uh, random uh, meeting uh, through a class I'm taking at Bakersfield College with uh, Jenny Scheinman, who is a, a uh, pop violinist. She's worked with Lou Reed and Metallica and Bono, um, to name a few. And she was joined by John Wood, who he is a concert and session uh, pianist and keyboardist who has actually toured with the Black Keys. Um, and... They asked the the classes like, hey, is anyone working on anything? And I said, Yeah, I have this song, which I'm gonna I'm like, hey, maybe I can get some notes on it before I come over to your house and record it uh later that weekend.
0: Yeah, before we go into the studio.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I brought it up and they're like, This is a good song. Let's make some changes. So it was uh Jenny Shyman's idea to uh slow the song down to let the kind of the, the lyrics sit and um, it was her idea, also to pitch it up a couple of uh, a couple of a uh, uh, keys. So it went from being in the key of A to being in the key of C. And I usually avoid writing in the key of C because it's like oh, it's C, it's basic. But um, I mean, it works. It works. <laughs> yeah, it definitely yeah. works. Yeah, and I mean, it was entirely a key of C because you know I have those like modulations in there where I you know k- chromatics and everything. But uh, either way, like it it worked out. Um, I presented it entirely acoustically. Um, but then, uh, John Wood stepped into the, uh, cause we have a little isolation booth in there, um, with a bunch of like synths and he turned on the profit, which is, uh, I, I use that synth a lot in, um, when it's a soft synth version, but I, I use a, I use a version of the profit a lot in, in my production. Um, so he jumped on, on bass for that, on synth bass. And that was a little element that's like, oh, I didn't know it needed that because originally I had recorded with like an actual live bass, um, but he recorded bass for it, and it's like, oh, this is that's that's the that's the nice little t right there. Um, and then we kind of mixed it in class with uh, Dr. Josh Autumn, who he actually played that uh, acoustic guitar that's present in that track. Yeah. So we have Josh Autumn, um, he's who he is awesome. He's a great professor. Um, and, uh, John Wood, who, uh, professional concert, uh, keyboardist and Jenny Scheinman. Uh, so three people who have their own Wikipedia pages on <laughs> my track. And it's like, wow, this is, this is, this is a trip. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy about how the track turned out, but, uh, but the dilemma was, it's like, oh, now I have a completely different track to bring to you, uh, and a completely different tempo and a completely different key. Um, but I still know what I wanted to do with it. Like I still wanted to add the guitars. Um, when I first started writing it, that lick I had in the, uh, or that, that, uh, that chord run I had in the chorus, uh, was the first thing I kind of came up with. Um, cause it's just really fun to play. Yeah. Um, the one on the, uh, the one you play when, when we play it live. The, yeah. The, the, cause that it's a one.
0: doubled over part. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're doing it in two different, uh, voices basically.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, um, when I, when I write, I kind of think of, I think in the sense of chords, like I, what chord can I layer on top of this chord and what sort of parts can I kind of make, um, st- stack together to achieve like some sort of like thick sound. Um, so I first came up with that guitar lick or, and then I'm, um, uh, when I brought it to you, you know, of course we slowed it down and, um, you know, the drum beat was always there. always had that drum beat. Um, but I wanted to add pads to it, so we you know we called Becca in and she laid down some pads and a uh, 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 lead line synth. Who John initially came up with one, but it sounded a little too much like. Um, oh yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was a uh, lithium. Yeah, lithium yeah. from Nirvana. It yes, was very much like that.
1: Yeah, actually, it was funny because like that song was uh, also uh, interpolated on accident by Lil Nas X on one of his songs. Yeah. And then when um uh Becca came in and was like coming up with lead lines, it's like, oh, I like that lead line. But that sounds like that little not Nas- another part of a that. Different song. Song. It's a, no it was the same and song. The same, song. <laughs> same song, different part. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, we gotta come up with a different one. Which I mean, you know, it happens all the time. Interpolations happen by accident, use, like all the
0: time. Oh yeah, but, of course. Yeah. But um But now now we get sued for it more often. So yeah, yeah. You gotta so, be a little more careful these yeah. days.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, not that I'm Afraid of Lil Nas X suing us. I mean, since the same thing happened to him, but uh,
0: uh, yeah, no, they'll never find out who we are. I'm just mean in general. You're like, oh, well, that can happen these days. So we're just gonna go the other way. Yeah, but it's like I knew I know these songs. (laughs) I know how they sound. Um,
1: let's try to switch it up. And then I like that synth line so much. Something actually happened when she was tracking it, where I think she accidentally hit like the modulation, uh, key, like the little like wheel on it as she was like moving on, I'm like, oh, keep that in there because that sounds good. So there was a lot of stuff in this song. I also remember like, that she didn't like the line.
0: Really? Yeah, she didn't like that she had played it while well, you and I were very much like, nope, that's it. We're oh, done. We're moving on. I like it. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Moving yeah. on? Yeah,
1: I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, there's a lot of
0: things in that song that's
1: kind of happened by chance that I'm really happy with how it came together. You were saying as we were uh, listening to it that like it's uh, the song that makes you the happiest because of the memories it had. In yeah. fact, we can, we can go, that's a good part to go into how we recorded the percussion for that song well
0: what happened was we we were doing our tracking session in general what in the had we we had recorded vocals that same day or was that the day before the day after I think we spent two days recording
1: yeah so the first time around we recorded we tracked guitars and the day after we did vocals
0: yeah okay yeah yeah. we did vocals and then the then we did the synths yeah so yeah vocals and synths no uh yeah yeah the vocals were done by the time we added the synths yes yeah Yeah, correct you knew how that was gonna be yeah so no i don't think the background vocals were done those came later no that was the same day i think I think we did them after the synths. Okay. I think we did we did the vocals. We did your main vocal on the the forty seven. Yeah. And then we laid down the synths with the Novation, mm-hmm. the Mini Nova. Yeah. And then badass. then we did the we did the group background vocals. Yeah. And then the group background vocals is what prompted us to be like, oh, you know, we should put we should put some percussion on this. We need a shaker on this. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife, being a uh, percussion major, just has tons of tons of stuff uh, around the studio that we can use, and she pulls out the shaker that we need, and then. I have all this like African and like all these crazy percussion. We have so much percussion stuff in this house. Yeah. So we just kind of started layering stuff on. And then the next thing you know, we had bells and a triangle. Yeah, then a triangle yeah, that, cool. that I immediately was like, no, there's no triangle. And then I think I turned around 30 seconds later and was like, Never mind, I found a yes. place for the triangle.
1: <laughs> she hit it and you were like just Bridge. the most the happiest. <laughs> yeah. Um But no, like I am always drawn to like having like auxiliary percussion to fill out a track because uh, in high school I was in the steel drum orchestra and our job and our jobs in that, uh, group or like that we always we learned to play every single instrument involved so not just like the pans and everything but like all the auxiliary stuff like we had a we had a break like literally a break off a off a car and we that would be one of the instruments <laughs> yeah we had timbales we had uh, congas bongos um all the sorts of like we and stuff you just fill in space
0: yeah yeah and so that's kind of i I, Which is fun because you mentioned how much you love Santana, and that was such a big thing in his live band.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was listening to uh, Rock Lobster, and <laughs> yeah. and The I was B-52s.
0: Like, yeah,
1: yeah. I love the B-52s. And I was like, yo, how much fun would it be to, A, cover this, but, B, get a timbale? Because, so I mean, there's that cowbell, but it's like, let me get a timbale to fill up some of the roles in
0: there. Yeah, Matt Munoz, that shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so... I'm usually, I'm drawn to that a lot. And I think now that like thinking back on it, that I can credit my time, all all four years in high school of being in that, in the steel drum orchestra to my affinity for like filling up space with percussion like that. So um, yeah, we busted out the percussion. We just spent a good like hour experimenting with all this. Yeah, way later than we meant to go. Yeah. But it it was worth it, because, I mean, everything is in the track, and it sounds so
0: good. (laughs) Yeah, and it really makes that chorus. It really fills out the texture.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm always thinking about, like, texture and music, and how, like, people don't think about how important it is. Um, Because now we have, like, the advent of, like, like, hip hop so big, uh, shoegaze is coming back around, and, like, lo-fi music in general, like, not just, like, lo-fi beats, but, like, lo-fi rock and everything, like, the big defining characteristics of all that and like metal too i mean t- it's texture maybe not yeah. like like it can be held at the same importance of like melody in in these in these uh
0: absolutely and it's what takes music. production to the next level and it's really one of those things that like for especially younger and more modern producers like uh if you want to take the biggest one right now if you want to take phineas for an example yeah one of his big things is those sound textures and like you know i forget what song it was on on billy's not the <coughs> latest one but the last record yeah. where the snare drum is entirely matches being struck that he yeah. just recorded a bunch of them and layered on top of each other, you know, slammed it through in an 1176 and was like, there's your snare.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely like he, he is super creative. I definitely tr- get drawn a lot. think it's very
0: a friend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're right. You're right. He He's super creative and I get drawn to his videos a lot. Another producer I like is Joji, yeah. who I've been following for a long time and he's from the same school of thought as like new job is and Lib and uh, uh, J-, uh, J Dilla.
0: I also Especially appreciate Phineas's like how he's always like, look, I'm I'm not I'm not the star. I don't need to look good. Don't <laughs> tell me my hair is messed up. I know. I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Thank you. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Guy behind. Guy in the chair. Yeah. I just like that he's he's that he does like you know mix with the masters videos with just looking like crap. I'm like, yeah, I I, I appreciate this. That's it. Yeah. He yeah, doesn't yeah. get dressed up. He's not going to Jack Joseph Puig and put on his top hat and his suit. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be just
1: got to be comfy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess on a similar note, was also like Joji does that too. Like all his videos is just him in a hoodie and just like literally like he's, I think he's doing like a genius like lyric breakdown of one of his songs and he's like eating bread the whole time.
0: Yeah. I guess yeah. it's, it's. I, I don't know why I say it like that's a constant thing, but it is a thing from like older mixers and stuff like that and producers. That uh, was, you know, very much like you think about George Martin, yeah, always in a suit and stuff like that. Yeah. But but it's not as much of a thing. Like if you go look at Michael Brower these days, and Michael always looks like he just woke up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the role of producer and like the idea of what a, of what a producer is has definitely changed.
0: Or even a mixing engineer, because I yeah. think Brower is more of just a mixing engineer, mm. not really a producer. Yeah, you might. No, I'm sure he produces things. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, even then, and like now, it's like as a producer, I guess that encapula- encapsulates like all that skill, right? Whereas back in the day, a producer was like, "Oh, try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that."
0: Uh, producing is always is is going th- gone through a lot of different phases. Pro- producer producers used to be the people who just kind of like made sure that there were clients in the studio yeah. <laughs> at one point, but then it became you know making sure that the 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 song is done well. But a producer isn't always your engineer, and a lot of times producers have their favorite engineers to work with, where yeah. they're like, you know, uh, if like. Uh, I don't know. There's there's a ton. I can't really name anybody right now. I was gonna try to, but I'm drawing yeah. blanks. I know. Um. But yeah, usually good producers yeah. were engineers for a long time. And that's why they're good at producing. I think now uh, the biggest part of being a producer is 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 just making sure that you get the best out of the artist. Yeah. When you're recording, you know, making that artist feel comfortable and like getting that. The, yeah. the best performance you can out of them. I think that's what now being a producer is. Yeah. And then at, after that, like you know, working with that artist to add the textures and the sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a. It's very much like being. I don't know, fucking composer, but like you have to be a composer that's holding hands with your artist the entire time because you can't stepping on what they're doing. So it has to be like teamwork. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing.
1: I always think of like Rick Rubin and his work with like Kanye. And like how, like when he was making Yeezus, um, it was a completely different album until Rick Rubin took a listen to it. And it's like, hey, make, strip it back, like completely minimalist this. Well, that's
0: one of Rick's yeah. things is to come in and be like, okay, this is cool. We don't need this. We don't need this. We don't need this. Yeah. We don't need this. And then maybe, you know, he'll always say, he's you know, maybe I'll get to, you know, a chorus or a bridge or something. and be like, ah, where's, where's that one thing? I want that back now. Yeah. You know, just strip it down. Yeah. And then see what you really need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how to do that.
1: Yeah, it's something I'm trying to get better at too of like I like this maximalist production idea and just like no, let me let me add elements cuz i mean some of the songs on uh the EP i i try to write either really distinct A and B sections or just like if i just have like a four chord song like uh like whatever i just kind of i add elements to it to distinguish
0: the a and b sections yeah. sometimes
1: like yeah like sometimes the chords don't um don't change up or there's like a small change
0: oh, yeah the same chords yeah. just in a little bit of a different timing yeah like exactly. in what, whatever forever is a really good example of that um,
1: yeah i think um what's another song on the ep that's like that i guess la has almost it it, it follows that where
0: like i double time it and i add just some like um, I don't know, Not around. You is a really good example of that because that, yeah. that, uh, that song is a loop that yeah. we managed to turn into much different sections and even like, you know, it's, it's same pounding drum part the whole time too, yeah. so.
1: Yeah, that one was definitely the one where it's like, I like these drums, I like this song, I don't know where else it can go, but.
0: Yeah, that's your Tame Impala song. Yeah, there we go. That's what I call it. Thanks. Especially because yeah. it's got, you know, the do it's got all the swirly stuff. Yeah, yeah. All the swirly stuff.
1: That's the one where I was thinking of like, a's and b sections like what can i add to this outro um and that that synth in there it was was an eight-bit synth and i just like i added a i think a flanger on it and delayed to give it that
0: swirliness to it yeah yeah and then of course it's like panning all over the place gives it
1: depth yes
0: yeah depth left to right front to back that's what we're always looking for in the songs yeah depth well, what are you, what what plans do you have for the future here? Is there anything that you've thought of at this point or you're just kind of focused on this release and 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 promoting for this and
1: Yeah, usually that. I mean, the way I write is just I write a bunch of songs, I pick the ones I like or the ones that I like I want to develop more for further, um, put those out, promote it and then I just kind of wait for the songs to come. Right now, um, I'm tr- I'm getting out of the mindset of like I have to constantly be writing or else like I'm not like like advancing myself, but it's like, no, you know what? If I'm not writing, let me focus on maybe learning how to mix and produce a little better. Let me focus a little bit more on like learn, learning music theory. Let me get better at the instruments that I know right now. Like fill up that space, uh where I could be writing with improving myself in other ways as a music as a musician.
0: Which will help your writing.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um I, I wait for songs to come. I usually like it's like, let me try to live my life a little bit more and get more experiences so I can have more material to draw from. Um, so that's usually the plan. I just put this album out, play some shows, and uh, see when the next one comes.
0: All right. So where can everybody go get this right now? Because it's already out at this point. It came out on October 29th. So um I mean, is it? W- am I overstepping if I just go straight to the like? Just go to Bandcamp, everybody. Like that's some of the best places to go to, like actually support artists. Yeah, you get the biggest cut from the money on Bandcamp.
1: Yeah, so it's it's on Bandcamp. Um, I believe it's uh, it's seven bucks. To buy, yeah, seven bucks to buy the uh the whole EP. Um buying that supports me more and Bandcamp does it's like Bandcamp Fridays. Um I'm not sure when the next one is, but they have one every month um where a hundred percent they waive their fees where a hundred percent of the proceeds go directly to the artist and that helps me out. Um but yeah, you can go to Bandcamp, you can buy the album there. Um if you if you wanna like stream it anywhere because i mean the, 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 that reaches a lot of people yeah. i wish i wish Bandcamp was uh i mean i i understand how it is because i mean i i use spotify <laughs> yeah yeah it'll yeah. be
0: streaming on spotify it'll be available on, on you know youtube and everything else yeah, like apple that music. as well yeah apple music title even um you can
1: use that as a song on tiktok all the songs on on the ep you can you can do a tiktok dance to them now too which i actually do get a couple of cents from tiktok i like Every so often, like some Russian account makes a TikTok with like my song on it, and it's like, "Oh, cool! Thanks for the penny." Nice. Yeah. So yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Lou. No problem. Thank you. We appreciate your time. You want to say goodbye to everybody? Yeah.
1: Bye, everybody. (laughs) Thank
0: you guys for listening.